going on, travelers? Your main man, Just GQ, and you are tuned in to another episode of The Travel Guys, a podcast dedicated to making travel easy for everyday people like you and me. We're hitting you up twice in one week because I know I owe you some episodes. <laughs> We've got a good one for you today. We have my friend and fellow travel content creator, Cedric, aka Ced Trippin, who will be on the show today. This will be a his interview that was conducted on Fireside with the Travel Guides about a few weeks ago, probably about about two or three weeks ago. So, but he had you know said it said is super entertaining and a colorful personality, and he brought all of that to the interview. So, really excited for you guys to hear that. Before we jump into it, if you have not, please subscribe to the Travel Guides podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Stitcher. Also, please rate and review us on. Apple Podcasts helps us jump up in the rankings, which would be very much appreciated. As is customary, before we jump into everything, we will be looking at what's in the news. And, you know, I I do want to say that, you know, I have have felt, uh, you know, I mentioned having being weighed down and I appreciate a lot of the positive feedback that I received from the episode earlier this week. I'm going to try to keep this not <laughs> half of the episode, not not 30 minutes. I just had there was just a lot that was um, that honestly was necessary to unpack in the in the earlier episode. However, I will say that you know what's in the news is is George Floyd's death. It is Christian Cooper. It is Breonna Taylor. It is Ahmaud Arbery. So. You know, that is the news right now. And the update is that there, you know, there's been a response or rebellion in Minneapolis. And justifiably so. The city has erupted over the past few days and there's been there have been intense protests. There was, you know, I'm sure you guys have seen the images of people going in into the target, the police precinct set ablaze. And, you know, there's there's this false narrative that you know we've seen these things so many times that they they follow a similar um a similar cycle where injustice 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 attempted protest is suppressed shout out to Colin Kaepernick and injustice 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 and then there's this blow up and then people are like well where did this come from where did this come why are they doing this and why are they destroying their own communities and and all this stuff and that is it there's that false narrative that's around it so one there's you know even looking at who started it there is the the person who threw the literal cast the literal first stone through the brick into the um into the target it is allegedly an undercover cop i I, i'm not a a thousand percent sure but that that made me raise an eyebrow perhaps you guys have have seen something about it or read something about it but additionally like target may be in that community but it is not of that community target is a fully insured major retailer and they are not franchised so the so that, that like they have insurance for that so if you want to feel bad for State Farm or Allstate or whomever, then like that's fine. But but that I, I just have never understood how seeing someone with a TV or with lamps from a fully insured and replaceable store that's not independently owned 
alters how you feel about a state-sponsored murder. That's it. Like, if that shifts your mind frame as to, because you feel like all the Samsungs and Vizios need their rightful homes, like, <laughs> like you need to examine your conscience. Because the two have nothing, have literally nothing to do with one another. These people come into these communities and take them over. Tar- Target is not, Target is not owned by that community. That police precinct definitely isn't owned by that community. So they're not, they're not rebelling. They're not, they're not tearing down their own, their own communities and whatnot. That is a, that is a false narrative. And I think honestly, I saw Mark Lamont Hill had a, had an interesting contextualization of all of this. And it was honestly spot on. And it was like, you have people who have marched, who have sung, who have danced, who have knelt for the national anthem, who have run, who have bought Skittles, who have worn hoodies, who have done everything except take this thing head on. So you can't, you can't act surprised. <laughs> you know, like anybody who's surprised by this is, is kidding themselves. And I will say that, you know, from there has been a notable increase of outpouring. And again, it sucks that we have such a wide range of comparative data in this. But there's been a more intensive outreach from white allies to understand and ask how they can help to simply check in. And this is valuable, to be all the way honest. People who are thinking about how they can help and wondering how they can help check in on your black friends, see how they're doing. Because this is like this week is a wash. <laughs> to be all the way honest, like it's it, it, it is there is a a dark cloud that is above us as a nation, but specifically within the black community. You want to know how you can help be an, be an advocate, stand up for these issues when we're not around. That's it. It's easy to do that when you when somebody's around and you and public perception is is a factor. how your friend is going to look at you. But when public perception is a factor in the other way, where you are of the majority and you stand up with a minority type of point of view or with a a less popular point of view where somebody's making jokes and they're doing whatever and you have to straighten them out, that, that is where true character lies. I will just never understand why People taking stuff from stores is such a, like, overshadows murder (laughs) in people's minds. I I will just, I will never really get that. And lest we forget how in suburban targets and stores, the, like, people were fighting, literally fighting in the aisles over toilet paper at the beginning of this pandemic. So I hope they got all the supplies that they needed to ride the rest of this pandemic out. Your all's president weighed in. So uh, this is after he signed an executive order basically threatening to take certain protections away from Twitter and any other social platform that fact checks. But his tweet said, quote, these thugs are dishonoring the memory of George Floyd. And I won't let that happen. Just spoke to Governor Tim Walls 
and told him that the military is with him all the way. Any difficulty and we will assume control. But when the looting starts, the shooting starts. Thank you. End quote. When the looting starts, the shooting starts. This is a obviously something that jumped out after hearing that quote. This is a borrowed phrase from fellow racist and controversial late Miami police chief Walter Headley, who was a proponent of stop and frisk policies, which, as you already know, has a, a long lineage of problematic racist implications that largely would land us in this current situation. You know, so it comes full circle there. This is obvious coded language. Thugs, we know what that what that means. We've heard it, you know, it's 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 pointed, and we know that. This also is a good time to call out that the sentiments were much different when there were demonstrations by predominantly white people on Capitol steps with guns, with rifles, with AR-15s in cop spaces and while the cops were in no type of riot gear or anything they were making contact these were not peaceful protests they were making contact with the cops and yet everybody left alive to go home and have dinner that night so you can see the dichotomy that exists there and I will say that you know I tried to in an effort to keep a balanced perspective I tried to listen to all news outlets. And so I stopped by Fox News yesterday just to hear, because I wanted to know how it was being talked about. And to my surprise, the there was a lot more alignment on the fact that this was wrong and that charges should be brought against this guy who had numerous previous complaints as a police officer, had injured other people prior to killing George Floyd. There was commentary on the looting aspect of it, as could be expected. But I I think, you know, we've been inundated with a lot of opinions, some data and facts to the point where some people have had to take breaks. I've had a few conversations where people are like, I just had to turn off for a little bit, which is understandable. But don't you dare think for one second that everybody is mad about the same things. (laughs) Like, at all. Across the board. I just learned who Candace Owens was. I think I had heard the name, but I didn't pay her any attention. I wish I didn't rediscover her. But, she. I mean, that let me know that there are... Just spending five minutes on her, on on a picture that somebody forwarded me that she posted. Let me know that there are people who are in defense of Amy Cooper, the woman who called the cops on Christian Cooper, who was the black man who was just trying to watch birds. There was a viral post that came out in defense of the cop who killed George Floyd. I am refusing to commit his name to memory, so I will continue to refer to him as what he is, a murderer. But this teacher came out with a viral Facebook post that was showing his I believe it was his son who had his knee on his neck very similarly and the caption was something to the effect of this doesn't really kill you. When paramedics are on record as saying when they showed up to the scene they were working on a pulseless, lifeless, quote unquote, body. We've seen the video. I I, I mean, I just, 
I just, I don't, I can't understand. It's beyond comprehension how people just argue for the sake of arguing as opposed to acknowledging what is actually happening. I'm sure Colin Kaepernick looks like a better alternative than to what's happening right now. But when you suppress a Colin Kaepernick, this is what happens. This is what happens. This is the only other... Like, when folks have done everything, unrest builds. So, don't let the president or anyone else distract you from what the fact is in this George Floyd case. And it's that the police executed him for allegedly writing a bad check or using a counterfeit 20. The reports that I've heard are going back and forth at a time when nearly a fifth of the population is out of work in a global pandemic. And the government has sent one $1,200 check to help people pay their rent or mortgage when the government could easily take that issue up with the banks and take your biggest expense or what is likely your biggest expense off the table until people can go back to work. That's it. So please do not allow all of these red herrings and all of this window dressing and all of these. Well, let's talk about something else and let's talk about this. But what about this? Don't let that distract you from what is clear as day. It's easy to tell someone to suck it up when you're not the one being directly impacted. And we've seen this repeated throughout history, racially, gender based socioeconomically, the list goes on. Empathy is the answer. Shelving your arrogance in favor of listening to someone who honestly lives that experience. Racially, socioeconomically, gender, sexual orientation. They live that experience. You don't. So you don't know. You're not in a position to judge them or to tell them how they should feel. Tying it back to travel, this is what you learn. When you're in a foreign culture, you don't know. You don't know anything. They are having you. <laughs> you, are a, you are a guest. You learn to be, to be empathetic and to hope that you receive empathy. There is a mutual respect. And somehow that has gotten lost in our, well, in America. So that's what's in the news and low-key what's on my mind as well, because my mental has just been consumed with all of these things, all of these unfortunate events that we've seen time and time again that continue, and they just weigh on you. So like I said, I guess what's on my mind is keep your head, hold your head, make sure that you are taking care of yourself, making sure, make sure that you are staying sane, check on your people. And continue to support one another and have empathy for one another. Even when we're past this, and I, Lord have mercy, I hope they bring charges against these cops because I, yeah, I know that would, that would definitely set the people off. But have empathy for people on a daily basis. Shut your mouth and open your ears. That being said, please enjoy this episode of The Travel Guides. Say it. <laughs> My man, what's going on? What's good? My dog pulled out, looking like Huey P. Newton out here. Full, full black power, I respect. 
respect it, man. I respect it, man. Thank y'all for tuning in. The people are, are piling in, but what's going on, travel fam? It's your main man, Just GQ, and you are tuned in for another episode of Five Sides with the Travel Guides. We have none other tonight than the incomparable Cedric, known on the interwebs as Ced Trippin'. What's going on, my man? What's up, my brother? Thank you for having me on tonight. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm glad we were able to uh, to make it work. To make it work. So, um, I don't even want to tell the people a little bit about yourself. Introduce. I know a lot of folks are are pretty familiar with you and whatnot. Uh, said has been the subject of many a many a feature. Uh, he got, I think, the last trip uh, before quarantine in, like bar everybody. So, uh, my man went down, was down at Peru, had had the flicks on Machu Picchu and the, at the whole nine. So, uh, tell the people a little bit about yourself. Um, about me, my name is Ced, Ced Trippin. My official government name is Cedric, Cedric Wood. I'm from Timmonsville. It's a small town, so like 2,000, less than 2,000 people. Um, it's in the country. I'm from the South. And um, grew up in Timmonsville. Um, went to college there. Went to pharmacy school there. Um, I graduated in 2009. So I've been working with pharmacies across the state. So I was a pharmacy manager with all of the chains that seem like Walgreens, CVS, Walmart. <laughs> maybe not Walmart, but Rite Aid. And then, let me take off these glasses. People are going to and then I went to, um, then I work for the VA now. Um, and so, that's one life that I live. So, I'm a pharmacist by day. But when I'm not working, I'm traveling. And so, on my off weeks, because I work every other week. Right. So, I really don't use PTO. I don't use sick leave. Ah. Um, I travel on my off weeks. That's dope. And so I travel around the world, man. I try to hit countries. I don't have any set destinations. It's based on price. That's lit. It's based on basically yeah, the price of the flights. And if it's a new place right. I haven't been to before, I'm traveling. To, I'm so traveling you're open. To. You are open. Yeah. Exactly. I'm open. That's what's up. <laughs> I didn't know that pharmacists could, could hop. I thought y'all were dedicated to, like, one certain chain. Like, if you were Walgreens pharmacist, then you were, like, with Walgreens, et cetera. Yeah. Well, if you're working with one chain, like, one drugstore, you can't work for a competitor. Okay. So, like, the competitors for retails are, um, like, Walgreens, Walmart, Rite Aid. You can, you can work for a hospital. Because it's not a competitor. Okay. Um, so you can work there at the same time, but you can't work for Walmart and and Rite at the same time. Okay, that's um, dope, you can't man. Work at the same time. So let's jump into it, man. Like, how are you? I want to just. I know we talked about. We talked. We had a little during the pre-pro meeting. We discussed like post-rona plans and whatnot, and how we're thinking through that. I want to understand like what your strategy is because in the last last episode of the Travel Guides, I talked about kind of how I was thinking through the Rona, and obviously it's a an evolving situation. But I think everybody's approaching it differently and doing what they will with the with the information that we have. Yeah, for me. I'm not booking any flights yet. Um, I don't want the vouchers. I don't want the disappointment. So I'm not actually booking any flights yet um, just because I don't know when we can travel. I know I have friends who are booking flights, and I 
mean, it's fine. It's up to you. But I want to be able to have a definite, like, a definite, because when I book trips and when I plan trips, I plan them to the T. Right. So, the places I would stay, the type of tours I'm going to do. Sometimes I get a photographer, and I'm doing all of that, and I'm reaching out to all these people. And so, at this point, I can't do that right now. So right. It's, it's, I can't even plan. I don't even know why I would book a trip if I can't even plan the trip. That makes sense. You know? So, uh, maybe low-dollar flights I can do, but anything over $500, like, I'm not, I'm not booking right now. Okay. So, basically... I'm looking to travel, so there's a few places I want to do after um, after Rona. I'm trying to stay within Central America. I'm Same. not really trying to go over the water. Yeah. So that first trip is going to be like Costa Rica and Panama yeah. because I don't trust it. I don't want to go over the water right now. <laughs> Costa Rica, <laughs> early. I feel like at push come to shove, I can make my way back up right. to at least Mexico and could just, you know, I would be closer to the U.S., but if I'm across the water, let's say Africa, right? I don't want to be stuck there. Yeah, <laughs> now I feel you, and you can will you can will yourself back if you get if you on the land. You know what I'm saying? If nothing else, hell, you can walk that thing. But <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. man. So my first trip post Roma is gonna be basically Central America. You might see me take a trip to Canada. I might go back to Hawaii and hit hit a few hikes I missed the last time. Um, I may do South America, but those going to be my first trips after all. That's dope. So you said a couple things I want to dig into. One, you talked about going back to places that you've already been. And I know specifically, like, within the, the frequent travelers like us, like, there's a not a stigma but people have very particular thoughts on repeating destinations and whatnot. yeah I don't get it and I know a couple people a few people that country count and they won't go back to a, a place because they've been there before but man I'm over that like it's just why yeah there's a few places even like in Puerto Rico I missed the last time I want to go back to and it's not it's you know it's US territory right I have friends who won't even go because it's not another country you know That's they're true. trying to add up their countries and I can't enjoy I can't enjoy life and my travels that way I agree. I agree, and I think that your real philosophy aligns with my personal philosophy as well. Who just says there's even if you get a country, like obviously we talked about Greece, like Greece and Santorini. You got Mykonos, like the whole nine. Like each different city within those countries are exactly. a different experience. So you got exactly. to experience People that. Have been to Athens, Greece, and they won't even go back because they've been to Greece before. They say, and they don't want to go back because. They want to, like, you know, experience another country and get their country count up, which is ridiculous because I haven't been to Mykonos and I'm planning to go, I'm planning to do Sant- Santorini, and those are totally different experiences than Athens. Right. So I don't get that logic. Um, I'm a different type of traveler. It don't matter to me. I don't care what people think with the number. People ask me how many countries I've been to. I can tell them honestly. I don't care. Right. No, that's <laughs> it's real. About, it's about the experience for me and whether I can um, really like experience a new part of their culture. Right. Like you, going to a new place. And the culture piece, the culture piece is the real is the realest part because traveling affords you so much, but expanded horizons and experiencing different cultures and having a deeper empathy with folk is at the top of that list. I will say though, I will say. I if I am going back to a, to the same country, I do want to experience another city, like something unique in it. 
as opposed to going back to just doing like the same. Like I've been here. I've been to Rome too many times. Like I need if we doing that, that needs to be something unique from for me there. But outside of that, I definitely agree. It's like you got different. You got different experiences every every city you go to. Every you know, there's the, you, even if even within the city, you haven't done everything most most of the time. I mean, not at least not in one two day visit. Exactly. Like you go, people go to Italy. Like you can't just go to Italy unless you're gonna do like two weeks. Like if you go to Rome, or if you want to go back to um, go to Pisa, or go right. down to uh, go further south, Italy. Like it's so many different parts like to experience. I'm not a big fan of Rome. Like their um, the scenery is dope. Um, right. You know those um, the buildings are. The, the buildings are dope. The, um, they got the cathedrals and everything. I don't know. I think one time my experience in Rome, which I, um, when I was in Rome one time, like I just think the people are like, they're not like um, that friendly towards, it doesn't seem that way towards blacks. They're not friendly people towards blacks. Okay. And like when I was in Rome one time and the officers pulled up to me and they asked for all my documents, I was walking by myself. And I was dressed up, and usually I travel alone. So I was dressed up, right. and, you know, I had my, like, um, designer bag and all this other stuff. And I had my camera around my neck. And so it wasn't any other black people around. So they were, they were not pulling any other black people over right. or stopping by any black other black people. And, I mean, so I thought it was kind of odd that they pull up towards me, and they asked me, like, why am I there, basically? And I'm like... This is a silly question. Right. <laughs> you know, um, I have a U.S. passport. I'm a tourist. Right. And so it's basically the same reason why hundreds and th- hundreds of thousands of people are here as well. And so they asked me where I'm from. They asked for my documents. They asked what I did for a living. They asked for me to stop taking pictures. And so it was a scary moment. Oh, yeah. You don't want to go to foreign jail. With, um, always comply with the, with the other government. Systems. Right. Like, um, I'm always like just calm. I do basically, you know, I try to do whatever they, um, whatever they say, basically. And so I gave them my documents, and so they were looking over my documents. And so after 20 minutes, they were scanning everything, calling someone. They checked me out. They gave me my documents, but they told me to stop taking pictures. Right. So it kind of ruined my whole experience. Oh, yeah. It was kind of, it was really sad um, for me. So. The next day, I took a flight out, and so I left the country. I went somewhere else. I think I went to Switzerland or something like that. That's wild. I will say, man, I'm, it was I, awful. It was awful. I was like, oh my god, that's the first time something like that exactly. ever happened to me. And that's the same. Like I get asked a lot when folk are like, "Have you have you experienced that?" I have. I have thankfully not had that in in Italy, and I had been able to avoid it for the most part. I did have it in my last trip before the Rona in February in Turks and Caicos, and that was like that just kind of put me in a whole another space where because it wasn't people who were from there, it was like people who just were visiting as well or had properties that were there, and they and that was how we yeah how it done. And I carry all my documents. I saw one of the questions someone asked whether I carry my travel documents with me. Actually, I do. Um, I trust my travel documents on me more so than leaving them behind. Mm. Um, it just depends. Uh, most of the time, I have my passport with me. Um, I know they say it's always great to carry a copy of it and just leave your passport back at the hotel or wherever you wherever you stand. But 
feel more comfortable having my passport in a zip compartment with me. Um, most of the times, I have it in my camera bag, and my camera bag never leaves my never leaves my side. Actually, my camera is I position it in front of me, the camera part. I'll put it around my neck, and so I kind of have my hands on my camera bag the entire time I'm traveling. That's it's right. usually like positioned in front of me. Um, so yeah, I carry my documents around just to be on the safe side. That's so dope. Fortunately, I'm glad I had it at that time. Um, yeah, that could have been bad. The wrong police pulled me over. <laughs> yeah, I could have. Walking and taking pictures. I was walking and taking pictures and being black. Hey, unfortunately, <laughs> that can happen to you. Right. <laughs> So the other thing I wanted to dig into, you said that you travel, you take the majority of your travels alone. However, you mentioned that you're a, a pretty intense planner. How is that the role you play in group travel? Like, are you the one who's planning everything? Because, or are you? Can you go with the flow as well? I can go with the flow, but sometimes group travel doesn't go like I want it to go. Like for instance, I want the itinerary for the trip. I want it in advance. So I need you to send me an itinerary of what we're gonna do at least at least three weeks before the trip. I need to see what's on there because there may be some places I want to go. And so um, sometimes I can get there before the group, like two days before, right. and explore some things that I want to do. But if you don't send one time a group like send me the itinerary while I was traveling, I kept asking for it. I didn't get it. They sent the itinerary while I was traveling to the place. So guess what? I already had my my airport transfer. They contacted me the day of. They said, well, we have somebody already coming to pick you up. I said, no, I didn't know. So I already had my airport transfer. Right. I had everything I was set to do. I made my appointments. I had my day at the spa. I had all this other stuff that I wanted to do. And so I really didn't vibe with the group much. Right. Because I didn't have that itinerary beforehand. Like, I do not play. <laughs> so I need to know if I if I know what we're gonna be doing before I could I could plan better for it, I would say. That's so cool. sometimes school travels for me is kinda difficult. Right. You know, because some people are like, you know, I don't have any downtime when I travel. So I'm not the person to go back to the hotel to yeah, sleep. Um while you're sleeping and trying to rest up, I'm exploring some of the Exactly. Whatever. And so while you're sleeping until 10 a.m. or 11 a.m. because you couldn't handle going out the night before, and I could, I'm getting back up at 7 a.m. I'm going to try to wake you up. If I, if I don't succeed, I'm out. And so you can call me or text me, and I'll tell you where, where I'm at. Or after the trip, I can share my pictures with you. <laughs> my videos. I will say, man, we are, we have similarities, but we are somewhat different in this, in this capacity, just as far as like, I, I want to go with the flow. I'll pick out like a few major things, like three to five major things that I got to do. And then the rest, I'm going to, I'm going to rock with the locals. I'm going to talk to them and then I'm going to fill in like the itinerary, but kind of flexible. But one thing that you touched on that I think is so very key is being able to be autonomous and if there's something you want to do go do it like if the group is not with it or whatever you gotta just go and it ain't don't get tight about it just people just go because if you want to if you want to go by all means says going to such and such you know have at it when i when i travel with people like that and i always push them and even if they're with me i say well you know i'm not interested in going and i said if you want to go i said please go and do it you need to do it because 
you don't know when you will be back in this place again. Exactly. This may be like once in a lifetime. Exactly. So I say, go do it, and we can meet back up. And so that's the type of travel that I do, like with people. I like people who are independent. Independent travel, um, baby. Yeah. Who are not fearful that can go and explore these places and can separate on a trip right. and be okay with it. You know, if you want to stay with me, that's fine. But if, you know, I'm not into um, I'm not into those um, those wine tastings um, <laughs> for some reason. Specifically. I I don't. People suggest and recommend wine tastings to me all the time, and I'm like, you know what? I'm not into it at all. Like I did too, too many. I mean, I'm tired of going out like on <laughs> on a prairie or a field right. and sipping wine and getting sleepy. Like I'm not, I don't. That's not me. You know, but it's okay. Right. You know, it's very cultural. Um, South Africa, like, they got some of like the they're known for wine tastings. Ooh, seven you know, like, It's very cultural. So yep. my thing is like. I do want to shout out Urban Travel because we went down to South Africa, linked up with them, went to Seven Sisters Winery. I ain't gonna front; it was a time. It was it was a great time. But I feel you on that because typically, like idle activities are not really my feng shui either. Because I feel like I'm wasting time a lot of time. But it very is contingent on on a group. Yeah, I was just getting sleepy, and the wine tastings. I'm just drinking wine, and I feel like. I'm just wasting all this time because I'm like, just give me the bottle, I'll take it back home. Let me do the wine business <laughs> at home, but <laughs> right, let me I'm taste the wine. I want to explore. There's right. Nothing against it, you know. I don't because I think it's a good activity to do. Right. You know? And uh, and a lot of people are into it, and it's okay. So I want to back. Really not not my thing. I want to back up a little bit, and because I think a lot of times, like. You know, we have this, and it's a beautiful thing. You know, we've got this 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 growing and this thriving black travel movement where you've got people of color all over the world and sharing experiences. And I know people criticize it because of you know because of country counter, because of pictures or whatever. But the fact of it is, is we are as a as a as a group expanding our horizons and whatnot. But I think that we um, can can lose folks who are just getting started. And so I'm, what I want to know is, when did you first fall in love with travel? What ignited your passion to see the world? When did my passion ignite? Um, I actually don't. I actually don't know. I tell the story of how I lost my job, and I don't ever share that because exclusive. Um, I, don't, I don't want people to know. I don't want to. I don't want it to come back and bite me in the long run. But um, but basically. I was planning, um, planning my birthday trip for months, and my job, they wouldn't let me take off. And so they kept denying my days. And so that's the only time I really wanted was my birthday. And unfortunately for me, it's on July 4th. Unfortunately, unfortunately for other businesses, it's a time that other people want to spend with their families as well. Right. But July 4th is my birthday, and it's my day. And my job knew that. They kept telling me I couldn't go. So I went, and I actually was laid off. Um, but I think that kind of ignited it because I was like, I can't let job, I can't let a job rob me of these type of experiences. Like that trip, that trip was phenomenal. I would cherish, cherish that trip forever. Do I miss that job? No, <laughs> I don't at all. But do um, did I really enjoy that trip that I took? Um, yes. Like you can get a job. Can get a job, another job the same 
Right. You know, but these type of experiences, like, you won't probably be able to have this time again. That's you know, real. So it's always happiness first. Someone said happiness first, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I got a job three days later, but that was the first time I ever, like, got in trouble at a job or something like that. Or that's the first time I've been laid off right. ever before. You know, so I was like, yes. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not going to let the, I'm not going to let a job rob me of these these experiences you know that's a good sentiment man i think it's it is helpful unfortunately in recent times we've seen you know when companies have to make granted we are in difficult times here however we would seen that if companies need to make a move they will make a move with or without you so i think to your point like we we strive to get these jobs with these types of benefits with the type of flexibility and whatnot and knowing that it could all be gone tomorrow and you might have to start from scratch. You want to make sure that, you know, that you're taking advantage as, as best you can. Yeah. These jobs don't, they don't care if you're dead or if you're dead or sick. They still want you to come in. They don't care. Like, these jobs, they're going to function with or without. Like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. Like, they really don't. Um, they say they... Um, you know, they say how big of an asset you are to the company, how valuable you are, but get sick. You will find out how valuable you really are. <laughs> That's real. That's real. I think for the first time in a long time, I had uh, seen... It, like the need for self-care. I saw somebody mention self-care in the comments and having that need to to go and travel in the, our last, in the Thanksgiving trip uh, where we went to New Zealand and Australia. And that was, I was beaten down like at the end of the year and it was like, I got to just go. Because at the end of the day, if you are not well, you are not going to be any any value to them anyways because you're not, because they're not going to get your 110%. I think this could be a good time. Have we answered all the questions? I've seen some questions flowing in. Um, we talked. We talked about the security scare. Um, I think on on my end, I have uh, forgotten my passport, and that is probably the. I, I can tell you straight up and down that if you do that, it is game over. Especially if you're trying to leave uh, the United States. Um, I think that's good. Well, we'll come back to the end. We'll come back to those those questions at the end. But I think um, what I want the next thing I want to delve into, and we are coming up on time. But I want to know. We we always talk about how how great and how expansive these travel these travel situations are, as travel experiences. What has been your worst your worst experience when you've been out of the country? My worst experience outside of the country. It's a very hard question. Um, maybe like when I went to, I did a tour and I did a Europe tour before. And so I did, um, I just decided to do it for a week. So I went from like Switzerland to, to Rome to, um, to Paris. Uh, I just went to like a different city like each day. Right. Um, because you can do that. It's very cheap and inexpensive to do. But when I got to yeah. Amsterdam, um, I was staying in the red light district in Amsterdam. And so I don't know if anybody been to Amsterdam before in the comments, but Amsterdam at night can be scary. <laughs> so I get to, I get an Airbnb. So it's basically almost like, I didn't know the Airbnb was almost like a hostel. So... There was like, we shared a bathroom, and so it was cold. So I get to the Airbnb, so it's a lot of people out at night. And so I get to the Airbnb, it's right in the middle of Red Light District. 
is cold on the inside. And the host came, man, he looked scary as all get out. Like, I was, um, there was no heat, so he tried to get, like, the heat to work. Um, I can't even use it from upstairs. He left and locked the door, and, y'all, I was so scared. (laughs) (laughs) So I sat there for, like, 30 more minutes. I didn't know what to do. I didn't have a plan in Amsterdam. So I didn't know anybody else there, so I didn't know what to do. I'm like, I feel like I'm in this hostel well, it's like a hostel, right. um, like building, and I don't know. I hear music upstairs, and the host is really weird. He left, and I couldn't get the heat to work because he told me it would work. Oh, so man. it's freezing. It's almost like fifty something degrees in the room. So I'm sitting there with my jacket on. I couldn't even get the internet to work either. So I'm trying to like message a friend or something like that. So I couldn't, and so. I think I finally got like access to to text one of my friends. I was like, listen, like I'm in Amsterdam right now. I don't know exactly where I'm at. I'm in the middle of a like district. It's cold. I said the host is weird. I don't know what may happen to me. I said, um, so I took a picture of my um, I took a picture of my credit card. I said, can you please find me a hotel for me? Because I can't even run, I can't even get on the internet right now. I can't search nothing. And so he finally texted me back because it was like it was like 2 a.m. here in the states. Oh my god! <laughs> so he texted me back. It was like, okay, I'm a, I'm gonna look for hotels for you. So that was the scariest situation. He finally found me a hotel, and I grabbed my suitcase and I jet like I didn't even know where I was going. That's crazy. I was just started walking, like trying to get outside of like the red light district. <laughs> <laughs> Scariest moment for me. I will say that basically like uh, like that movie like Hostel. Hostel, yeah. Hostel. I didn't know if somebody was gonna come in and kill me. I don't know if that was gonna be the it for me. Like that was gonna be it for me. <laughs> I feel like that's a rite of passage, man. I had that. You had me on the edge of my seat. We um. I think the first time I had. That was scary. That was scary, man. Like I've never been that scared before in my life. I believe it. <laughs> When we, I had my first uh, hostel experience when we were out in um, in Portugal, and we were riding, and we had like when we did kind of like a this Euro trip similar. We were in like uh, in Spain, Portugal, and France predominantly, and I slept with all my stuff, bro. I'm wrapped around. I had an army pack. I'm wrapped around that thing like this when I'm sleeping, and I'm looking over my shoulder. I'm trying not to go to bed until the sun coming up, so it's a little bit less conspicuous for folks. I'm not fooling with people, man. Yeah. <laughs> I have good Both kidneys. Both uh, kidneys, right. This is a good heart right here. Like, they know. Like, I'm from the, they know I'm American. I'm like, oh, Lord, that's it for me. Nobody is about to see my body again. Right. <laughs> and for the record, you are not a... I already knew they trafficked young girls, too. Oh, like, yeah. So, I'm like, oh, Lord, they know. They really know how to do this. And for the record, you're not a small a small dude either. Like when we met last year at Clico, yeah, I'm not. But I didn't know anybody there. You know, I'm like it's just a lot of people that was in that building. I felt like, and it was very very dark and cold and gloomy. Right. You know, and they were acting very strange towards me. Some people like the host wasn't saying a word to me. He was very weird. 
I do want to say, I see in the comments, we are not trying to freak y'all out on hostels because I will say it depends on the type of hostel that you are booking. I have stayed in eight, like eight flats, so eight beds to a room, four beds to a room. Those can be a little dicey if you know if you don't know the people who are staying there. But if you get a two, I always tell my people this, if you get a two-bed uh, a two bed private is basically a no frills hotel room. You're gonna have two two um, dorm beds, no carpet. You're gonna have a, a washcloth, a towel, and that's gonna be it. But you're gonna be straight. I'm freaking you out. <laughs> my daughter would not stay in a hostel. When I was in when I was in when I was in Copenhagen, I met some friends there. We went in this hostel. It was there in a hostel. I went to their hostel. It was like a 75 year old man and another old man that was in the same room. So it was like 10 or 12 people in that room staying with these young girls. Like, no, my daughter would not stay in the hostel. No, I do not advise women to do the hostels. I'm sorry. What about? <laughs> I was like, whoa, this is crazy. What about dudes? People. Either way. I'm not, um, I think I had my hostel experience already. <laughs> right, so you you got good on it. Well, I appreciate you making the time, brother. It has been an absolute pleasure having you on here. We try to keep these things around thirty minutes. Going to be true to that, but definitely, I know I've been trying to catch up with you. We're supposed to get an episode in last last year at, at, at the Polo Classic. Glad we were able to to get it in. Tell the people where they can find you. Um, say follow me on uh, Instagram. Say tripping. Um, I don't use Facebook, um, really, um, but it's Cedric Wood, if you want to follow me there. Um, I'm in Atlanta, but don't try to find me because you won't <laughs> find me out here in these streets. But you, or you can send me an email. Uh, my email is hooked to my Instagram page, so you can just, um, or you can DM me. I, I do, I try to do well at responding to DMs. Excellent, excellent. Someone said next time, ask someone questions. <laughs> <laughs> that means they want it next time, so that's that's good. We'll do that. Um, and you can follow us at the Travel Guys at GQ50, and please subscribe to the Travel Guys podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. That'll do it for another episode. Tune in later this week for another episode of the Travel Guides or Firesides with the Travel Guys. Appreciate y'all.